0: President Trump tweeted this morning, the Dems and their committees are going nuts. This follows the new Democratic chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Adam Schiff, announcing a sweeping new investigation into whether foreign governments or individuals had improper leverage over the president or his business interests. Our job involves making sure that the policy of the United States is being driven by the national interest, uh, not by any financial entanglement, financial leverage, or other form of compromise. Joining me is former federal prosecutor, Ellie Honig, special counsel at Lowenstein Sandler. Ellie, let's start with the basics. What can congressional committees do in investigations? What are their powers compared with, say, federal prosecutors?
1: Sure, so the powers are actually quite different, and I think in important ways. Obviously, federal prosecutors have the, the heavier stick. They can bring criminal charges, they can arrest people, they can send people to prison, and by and large, Congress cannot do that. But, but the difference is, The vast majority of of the work that federal prosecutors do, whether it's Robert Mueller as special counsel of the Southern District of New York, is done under lock and key. It's done in grand juries. It's done in secrecy. And we, the public, only learn about what federal prosecutors are doing on the rare occasion when court filings go in or there's a public arrest. But Congress has the ability, A to hold very public hearings, and we're about to see one tomorrow with Matthew Whitaker, and B, um, to do things quite quickly, to serve a subpoena, to schedule a hearing on fairly short notice, and to do it in a way that really ensures accountability. Also, Congress is really not limited in scope. Federal prosecutors can only look at criminal activity, but Congress can look at any form of waste, abuse, corruption, whether it's criminal or not.
0: So picking up on the scope, is shift just pursuing lines of inquiry that the Republican-led committee did not? Or is he opening up new lines of inquiry? Uh, It seems like he's doing
1: both. I think Schiff has, he, he released in the last day or two, a list of the types of questions that he wants to investigate. And I think Schiff is being careful. I think he does not want to be accused of overreaching or going into unnecessary areas, but he's made fairly clear what he's interested in. He's interested in collusion collaboration between Trump and Russia. He's interested in Russian interference with the election, which both of which I think are undisputably matters of importance to the Congress. And he wants to know about Trump's finances as those finances relate to his potential relationship with Russia, as those finances explain why Trump may have been indebted financially or otherwise to Russia. But I, I think Schiff is, has been savvy so far. I think he's made clear he's going to be aggressive but I think he wants to avoid being rightly accused he will be accused but rightly accused of going on a fishing expedition or a witch hunt.
0: The president has termed a new phrase presidential harassment Hmm. perhaps replacing witch hunt now that it's not just Mueller investigating him but congressional committees and the Southern District of New York and the New York Attorney General. Which of the many investigations do you think carries the most risk for the president?
1: Yeah, so this is another effort at defensive branding, I think, and it'll go right on the shelf with, uh, with the witch hunt. First of all, the notion of presidential harassment. This is what federal prosecutors are bound to do to, to investigate the facts and Congress. By Article 1, they have oversight authority. I think the Southern District of New York poses, in some ways, the gravest threat to the president. i come out of the Southern District of New York, but I think objectively. And, and the reason is the Southern District has certain structural advantages that Mueller doesn't have. Look, Robert Mueller is the best prosecutor anyone could hope to be, so this is not a reflection on the quality of Robert Mueller. But the Southern District has a couple of structural advantages. First of all, the president can't fire the Southern District. He can't defund the Southern District, as Whitaker once suggested. If he did fire the U.S. attorney for the Southern District, you'd have 150 AUSAs, which I used to be, right there to pick up the banner. The Southern District is not limited in scope. Mueller is limited by his commission to investigating Russian election interference and matters directly arising. The Southern District can go wherever the evidence leads it, into finances, into sanctions, you name it. Southern District's not going to face the same kind of political pressure to wrap up in a certain amount of time that we already see Mueller facing. The Southern District can take what time it needs. And the Southern District's not subject to the special counsel regulations, which require the special counsel to run certain decisions through the attorney general and ultimately to file his report with the attorney general. Those don't apply to the Southern District. So on top of all that, I know firsthand that the ethic at Southern District is to be really tenacious and relentless until you get to the bottom of whatever was was done.
0: It stands out among the U.S. attorney's offices for sure. Going back to Adam Schiff's committee for a moment, the committee voted to send Mueller additional transcripts from the interviews the panel has conducted among those transcripts of Donald Trump Jr., Jared Kushner, former Trump strategist Stephen Bannon. Are they thinking that there may be perjury charges akin to those facing Roger Stone?
1: I do think that's exactly why Schiff sent those over uh, to Mueller. Look, we know that Mueller has and will charge false statements to Congress. He charged Roger Stone with it, as you noted. Michael Cohen also pled guilty to making false statements to Congress about Trump Moscow project. Yeah, anyone who, who gave testimony to the House and was untruthful should be very scared right now, because this is the next step in the process. Mueller now has those transcripts. He'll go through them, and... Mark my words, if somebody testified falsely about a material matter, not about some tangential thing, then I think Mueller is very likely to charge them criminally.
0: Speaking about perjury, I'm hearing a lot of the term process crimes. I don't remember in any year of law school ever studying process crimes. What is this all about?
1: That's another made-up term that's a PR term that's not a legal term. And if it was, the process that we're talking about here is the criminal justice process. Prosecutors and judges alike take quote-unquote process crimes, although I shouldn't even promote the use of that term, (laughs) but take crimes like obstruction of justice, witness tampering, perjury extremely seriously because they they threaten the fundamental core of our criminal justice system. People have likened it to – in an athletic event to to tampering with the referees you're you're messing with the very rules the very fairness and foundation of our system so i completely dismiss those efforts to minimize those types of serious crimes
0: we just have a minute here a uh, quick reaction to the committee putting off the testimony of michael cohen
1: My main question is well what's gonna happen between now and then? Because the stated reason for, for putting it off a few weeks was in the interest of the investigation, which sort of logically suggests to me that something will happen between now and the end of February when when his testimony is slated. For they're under look, they're under time pressure. He's going to jail in early March, not to say they can't pull them out of jail, but that's going to make it a lot more difficult. So I want to see what's going to happen in the next few weeks.
0: All right. Thanks so much. It's always a pleasure to have you on. That's former federal prosecutor Ellie Honig, special counsel at Lowenstein-Sandler. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcast. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg.